Welcome to the Christian Foundry Podcast, where iron sharpens iron for the glory of God, the exaltation of Christ, and the edification of the saints. That's how you do it right there. That's how you do it. Is that how you do it? That's great. That's right. how you do it. Well, we want to win. <laughs> <laughs> and we go. Three, two, one. That was out of, that, that was out of hand. Oh, man. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome once again to the Christian Foundry Podcast. Welcome back. <laughs> I'm so. Oh, I wish y'all could hear that. Oh, man. Welcome back. Welcome back. All right, today we've got. Welcome uh, back. Welcome back, Cotter. Is that something? Trotter, Cotter. Trotter. What is happening? Guys, it, it it devolved from the moment we sat back down. Uh, we don't so, believe in evolution. <laughs> so so, Justin, what what's our topic? So today? our topic for the day, we've got a couple of those uh, five dollar words to throw around, and then we'll explain them. Yeah. So. Uh, we're going to talk about exegesis versus... What What are you doing? Don't get us pulled. Yeah, don't get us pulled. Oh, yeah. Yeah, copyright, dude. Welcome back, Cotter. I thought I was right. Yeah. Anyway. You can Anyways. use so many seconds of it. Yeah. yeah. Fair use. Yeah, fair use and whatnot. <laughs> Anyways. We Justin. already started, though, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> started. This isn't... We're not joking we around. Could, we could well, we are joking around. Well, no. Welcome, Stephen. Well, welcome, welcome to the, to the show, yeah, Welcome to the podcast, podcast yeah. Welcome back. Welcome back. Oh, so, man. Justin, what were, we ta- what were we talking about? So, um, exegesus. $5 words. Isegesis. Another $5 so we got. We need $10. Yeah, $10, $10 words. Um, Pay the piper. Kind of big words, right? Um, not really thrown around a whole lot in a lot of churches. They're, they're right. not, um, in they're, certain circles, you they're might only hear eight some. letters. They're used in many churches. They're definitely used in many, and <laughs> well, if not all, if not all, I would say all probably. Yep. Uh, well, one, one or the other is. Yeah, one or the for sure. Other. <laughs> and a lot of people don't even know they're using them. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. What they mean? So, so what I, are these? I had never heard them. So, what do these words mean? What, so, what, what's the definition of these two terms? Words? Um, and they can. I don't know. It might be easier to just describe really more than anything. You want me to, read, you want me to read what I pulled up? Is, Sure, if you've got a good definition. Yeah, it's exegesis. Exegesis. Exegetical. Exegesis. So these are these are this only is one a, Jesus. Jesus. This is definitions yeah. from uh, the website Got Questions, which is a good resource if you ever have any questions. Uh, we are also a good resource. Exegesis and eisegesis <laughs> are. That's a bold statement, but yes. okay. Are you eisegesis? We're not a bad you got source. Questions. I think he just read himself into that. We'll look thing. into it. Yeah. We're not a we're not a bad source. No, okay. <laughs> I don't know if we're a good source either. <laughs> we're working our way there. That's to be determined. We will definitely, if you have questions, we will, we will attempt to answer them. Do our best. Yes. Yeah. Exegesis and eisegesis are two conflicting approaches in biblical in biblical studies. Exegesis is the exposition or explanation of a text based on a careful, objective analysis. The word exegesis literally means to lead out of. That means that the interpreter, the person reading it, is led to his conclusions or her conclusions by following the text. So you're using the text to come to a conclusion. Yeah. that's We'll, we'll dig in a little bit more. So yeah. go ahead and define what eisegesis right. so is. So the opposite approach the to opposite. Scripture is eisegesis, which is the interpretation of a passage based on a subjective, non-analytical reading. The word eisegesis literally means to lead into, which means the interpreter injects his own or her own ideas into the text, making it mean whatever he or she wants it to mean. Okay. So what these are, these are two different styles of of interpreting Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, and specifically, when we talk about it, we talk about uh, exegetical preaching. Um, and there, there are two different styles of reading the text and pulling information out of that text and passing it along to an audience. But they're two very different mm-hmm. approaches. And we... Uh, when we look at the differences between them, I, I hope that you'll see, um, and for people who aren't familiar, we'll see why we tend to like one version over the other, um, and, and kind of some of the things, some of the traps, I guess, that you can find in, in one of them. So, um, going back to exegetical, mm-hmm. uh, you said it means to lead out of, or to what uh, to uh, yeah to to lead out of. Yes. So basically, to, to break that down, it means we take scripture. We look at a scripture, we read it, and we use what it says, right? Yeah. We use the whole counsel of God and to we, tell us what it says. Yeah, right. And and we take we take the text as it is, mm-hmm. 
and then we look for what that means from the, the scripture itself. Whereas a um, eisegesis, you, I can't say it right. You keep looking at me like that. I so don't I'm saying it wrong. An, an eisegetical, eisegetical approach would 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 be like what what <laughs> you, how you see that in most churches is the pastor comes in and he's got a sermon about a topic. Yeah, topical preaching. And what he does is as, is he goes and he finds scriptures to support his idea. Yep. yep. Okay. And that can be done. Mm-hmm. And that can be done in, well. Yeah, in an exegetical manner. Right. <laughs> but we've got we've got some major problems that you can quickly and easily get into yes. when you when you do that because what happens what we tend to see is uh either a teacher or a pastor um tries they'll end up making scripture try to fit their thesis yeah. try to fit their idea yeah. we've done all, we've already done two episodes on biblical misinterpretation and this is a good way to get to that point is yep. of Jesus is to try to shoehorn a piece of scripture into a topic where it doesn't belong. Like the reading the United States of America into Second Chronicles. Yeah. A- yeah. Or yeah. Philip on Onions four thirteen. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah. I mean seriously. Yeah. I mean yeah. those people but, who rebuke Satan probably would read that one and yeah. take it that way. Yeah. And this is what Isis does. It uh, it takes scripture and twists it and bends it and contorts it to a uh to fit something that it doesn't or that a specific one doesn't even point to. Yeah. And and another thing that exegetical preaching does is, um, you know, as as we read through it, it, it doesn't allow you to skip parts that are hard. No, <laughs> true. Uh, and often we see that we see this as the case with with the other style. You, you try to you've got this idea, you try to fit pieces in, and you can leave pieces out. You don't aren't comfortable talking about. Yep. We don't want to preach in this church because it doesn't fit our ideas of, yeah. of what the scripture says yeah. I or whatever it. it's, it's, it's going to upset the members yeah. oh yeah it might upset yeah. somebody down to the simplest little things of uh we might have to talk about money yeah in church tithing and people don't like to talk about money in church nope it's their toes get hurt um or or various other you know hard scriptures scriptures are hard to yep they're yeah. genuinely some of this stuff is really hard some of this yep. stuff is very difficult to understand yep so we got to be careful and make sure that we're reading what the scripture actually says. Yeah. I mean, you get slapped in the face with Romans 8 and 9. You get slapped in the face with Romans 3 at that, yeah. especially that one. That's yeah. a I mean And and if you're if you're actually reading the text, it's going to take some work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it really is. Got well, that's that's exactly what exegetical preaching is. You got to take some work to to who is the author? Who is the author writing to? What is the setting? Mm-hmm. Um the big C word? Context. 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 Yes. You thought I was going to say Calvinism, didn't you? And ultimately, I was coffee. like, how does that's that the fit in here? That's the, that's the dirty uh, C word. Coffee. No, the dirty okay. So yeah. ultimately, what we could say is exegetical preaching is what has God said? Yeah. What is God saying? And we use Scripture to interpret Scripture to let Scripture make the main point yep. and, and to tell us what yes. thus saith the Lord, right? So one of the things that we, we need to look at is 2 Timothy chapter 3, Verse 16, that says, all Scripture breathed out. is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So we have correction? to... Correction? Correction, yeah. Uh, huh. Maybe oh, equipped. Some correction. So if we're going to preach the Word of God, if we're going to want to know the Word of God, we've got to have, in my opinion... And this is why I believe exegetical preaching or exegesis, this is the most important way to preach the text because it says what God means. Yes. I think it's the only Not way to what preach. Does it mean to well, me. it is the only way to preach. But somebody said topical earlier, which yeah, you find in Isaac Jesus. Now, you can take a topical text yeah. and preach exegetically from that. It can be done. I, I've, can I've be done. heard yeah. you preach a topic, right. but preach it exegetically. But you still have to say First time ever. setting, author, what is God saying yes. here? What are the principles for us? You know, what do we take away from this that he has said since yes. all scripture is breathed out by God? Jesus, on the other hand, would say, well, I, I have this point I want to make. Now I'm going to find scripture to support my it. point. Yep. Although, and I'm going to disregard ones that might right, disregard be in the conflict ones that with might my point. Be in conflict. Ignore them. Yeah. And they're going to, and Isagesus preaching takes cherry picking verses. They pull them all in together. Yep. And this formulates, all this formulates together to, produce the point that I'm trying to make. Yeah. 
and right? I, there's and, your and problem. Nobody, yeah. Yeah. And nobody there's the double problem. checks their pastor. Yeah. Yeah. Because they just I can't say that. A lot of people don't yeah. double check their pastor. Because if they, they just take his word for it, and that's why it spreads like fire. Yeah. Well, people just but if take it at face value, just what he said, they they believe him. And and that's a that's a function of of modern churchgoers. Yeah. Um, we'll and say. that's why we, we have to be in the word so our little exactly. detectors will sure. go off and like, hmm, that sounds kind of yeah. fishy. I need yeah. to go back yeah. and check yeah. some. Is have you really ever really sat in a sermon and yeah. gone, whoa, that's not. That's not what that scripture means. I know that's not or what that scripture means. Don't get so blown away with the theatrics that you that you totally miss yeah. the word of God. Well, or, or we can just be, or we can be like Bereans and stu- and go sure. into these. So if a pastor in a topical sermon uses a passage of scripture, let's put in, let's put in our, let's put in the work, let's dig our heels in, and let's go find out what's the context of this passage. Because, yeah. It can make it sound good, but the moment you flesh out the context, it's com- it has nothing to do with what he was, what the pastor was saying. Which means he is completely taken out of context, and he has done a great disservice right. to everyone in the room. Yeah. Sure, because he is because at that point, and, and, at that point, might, I would even be, I would even say it's lying to it them. Might even be preaching a biblical concept. Yeah, yeah, but not doing it with a big in a biblical context. Yeah, yeah. not doing it with the correct, you know, with the passage like. That might be in here, but somewhere else. Yeah. You know, exactly. You're using and then, the wrong passage. And you see that more yeah. more times than not, that they'll use a passage to support their thought where in context the it doesn't hold up. But there's a passage over here that absolutely holds up what you're saying. So the concept is absolutely biblical, but you're using the wrong passage. Yeah. 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 And what the focus tends to be, and you said it, Stephen, you said to try to come up to support my thought. Yeah. Instead mm-hmm. of try to support what the text says. Yeah. Now, when we go, when we take a text and then we go out and we find all the other texts that that uh, associate with that text and, and that inform that text and, and help to draw out truth from that text, that's 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 not what we're talking about here. That's that is absolutely the right way to do it. Scripture interpreting scripture. Yeah, that's exegetical. But when we're when we're going, hey, uh, we have this. We're going to do a series, and so in order to do this series on whatever this topic is, I've got to find a sermon that fits this point that I want to make. Right. There's a whole lot of eyes in that. Yep. Yep. So the last episode we, we talked about, um, God broke the law for love. Right. And this was a pastor that, that obviously is full on eisegesis that preaches himself into the text, preaches the people into the text, takes a topic and, and makes it fit his, his thought process. All throughout the scriptures, you can find that God is not a lawbreaker. Jesus didn't break any laws. Jesus was the perfect permanent sacrifice. So there was nothing, there's nothing in the Bible that teaches us that God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, although they're all equal eternally, they're all three in one, one God, none of them ever break laws. So to say that means that you were neglecting what God has said in his word, yep. therefore fitting this narrative in the palm of your hand and trying to pull out verses. I don't even know if he pulled out verses. He just used examples, like we mentioned last week, of a mother trying to get her or her kid to the hospital that's hurt. They're going to break the speed limit, right? They're going to break that law for love to get their kid there. That's that's I didn't, that's, see, I didn't see that yeah, anywhere in here. Any, doesn't tell us that God broke any laws of his. Otherwise, if he broke laws, then he is a sinner himself, Therefore, he's not God and cannot be trusted. So this eisegesis is this whole thought process of the pastor. But when you take the exegesis route, you're taking what God has said, and you're showing the people what God has said. And we talked about, not challenging, but making sure your pastor is preaching the true word of God. And Joe brought up the the, um, Bereans. The Bereans check Paul in the scriptures. They're like, hey, man, <laughs> we're going to check this. They did their due diligence. They did their due diligence to make sure what Paul was preaching was correct, correct. and accurate. accurate yeah. Yeah. And then you said that when we preach through the text and say what God has said, we can skip over things if we want to. I have a right here in this town, I was listening to a pastor that we would differ very much on uh, the way someone is saved, right? 
So he was teaching through some of the book of Acts, and he's in Acts chapter 13, and I'm like, oh boy, what's he going to say when he gets to verse 48? Let's go. Get I up. cannot wait to see what this is going to say, what he's going to say. Uh, we're going to have to just go ahead and yeah. throw, throw that one. Acts 13, 38. Acts 13, 48. 48. I mean. yep. Yeah, so I'm like, uh, oh boy. He's, he's, he's going to get there, and I wonder what he's going to do with it. 1348 would be a certain text that says, and when the Gentiles heard this, uh, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. Oof. So we're not going to get into this debate tonight, but all of those that were appointed, and I'll just say this, and, and I, there are many biblical texts that would support what I would think here, for, for as many who were as appointed for salvation from the foundations, before the foundations of the world, those people would be saved, right? So you get to this text, and you're like, they were glorifying the word of the Lord, and as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. They were already appointed to believe, yep. right? So this other church would say, no, nah, we, we get to determine if we believe or not. Free will. Yeah, more of a free will type thing. And I was like, he's got to do business with this text if he gets yep. there. Yeah, and so you're sitting there going, well, how is he going? You know, like, Let me hey, guess. try, he's, try to prove it to me. You know. Let me tell you how he, how he handled it. I was going to say, don't leave us hanging. He skipped it. Yep. Oh, wow. Just completely skipped it. Yeah. He yeah. left you that's, hanging, too. He that's, left me <laughs> hanging. I was like, you got to be kidding me. That's, left a, that's how he got you. How got do you, you skip to the it? Skipped sermon. it down, verse 49, and the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region. Well, how was it spreading? It was spreading to the people that he appointed it to be yeah. spread to. So here, anyway. here's the thing, though. A lot of people can misinterpret or, or take, well, my pastor's preaching through books of the Bible. Well, he could still be preaching his thoughts into the text, yep. yeah. still be preaching you into the text. Uh, one of the things we mean by preaching you into the text is we have this story of David and Goliath, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was nobody that could or wanted to even go against this Philistine. He was like nine feet tall, mm. carried this huge sword and javelin or, or whatever it was. The tip of his spear weighed a whole lot. And um, is it somebody here or is it thundering? I didn't, I didn't hear okay, that. sorry. Well, he's he's just he's losing it. I'm losing it. I'm in a church building it's, at night. It's, it's, <laughs> you know how that goes. Head. You're describing yeah. this. You're describing Goliath. I'm describing and, this Goliath and, and, and thunder and, in the background. It's yeah, just, and none of the head. Israelites want to go down and fight perfect. this giant. Yeah, and then here comes David. He's like, "Well, I'll go fight him." Essentially, and he goes down David there. Was, how, David was what like a teenager? How many? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, how many? How many rocks did he put in his thing? Five. Five. And how many did he use? One, so David goes down this smaller dude, young guy, and throws and slings this stone and kills Goliath. And then a lot of pastors want to say uh, that you're David and Goliath in your life is your problems. Do we all say yeah. this together? You're you are not, not David. David. <laughs> and that's what we mean by preachers preaching you into the text, right? It, or themselves into the text. It's easy for you to say, well, I'm David. Or we talked about the last episode. I'm Judas. Judas ate two, right? You're not Judas. You, we're not Judas. We're not David. We're not David. I'm Stephen. In this context, I am a wretched sinner. You're not even sinner, that Stephen. Saved by grace. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even you're that. St you're a Stephen, yeah. but not that Stephen. Stephen. Um, I'm not even the stone Stephen. Anyway. Uh, I hope you're not stoned. I'm not. <laughs> I hope I'll never be stoned in any Buddings. sense. Um, anyway, uh, so we we see these preachers preaching yourself into the text as if God is making somehow you, that person, in that time frame, yeah. in that sense, in that context, and it's not. You you are in there in the to in context and in, in certain sense, and it's when it calls you a wretched sinner or when it talks about yeah. how you, yeah. you know. Now, absolutely, yeah. we can take principles there are from the Bible, yeah, but true. we can't say, well, that's me. That's, that's my me. life. I'm yeah. that person. No, like, you're not. Again, nope, not even and us, preachers not should us. not do that. No. I think it applies best to you, I think, is where you had read last episode in Ephesians 2 1, you were once dead in your sins and trespasses. That's a great yeah. That to you. one you are. Yeah. yeah. That is you. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the pivot, the but God. And then you're, yeah. if you're not that, then you're the other thing. So here's, here's a good way to tell if you're, well, maybe, maybe, maybe not. But if your pastor is preaching exegetically, telling you what God has said in context, then you should leave. In the South, we say, he stepped on my toes, right? You should leave the Sunday gathering 
kind of challenged or really challenged. Yeah. You should be convicted of sin. You should be rejoicing in the fact that you're saved by grace through faith. Yeah. But you should never leave 100% of the time saying, man, that was a good sermon. It could be a good sermon, but also if it's not challenging, if, if God has not just sprung forth out of the words and just just the Holy Spirit convicted you of something, then you've just gathered and had a motivational speech. Yeah. I mean, you got to go through hard text, easy text, somewhat hard text, somewhat easy text, and you got to wrestle with every and, one and, of them. And frankly, some impossible text. Yeah, impossible. there's a few things there's in things here that we'll never know. Yeah, that I don't understand. But it goes back to Second Timothy three three sixteen. Um, you know, being used for correction, and yeah. that's yeah. part of that. We have to use the text, and it has people, to be used some people for just those don't things. like yeah. those, for those, those items, being yeah. stepped yeah. on because yeah. the scriptures confront your sin. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And it's hard. It's difficult. It, you can't skip it. It doesn't yeah. can't just, skip it. It doesn't just confront your sin, it confronts your bad theology as well. Yep. So if, yeah. you, if you hit a text like the the pastor who hit X, he skipped it. Yeah. I wonder what I wonder what a pastor does who doesn't who wouldn't agree with us in general at this table with in terms of the way of salvation when they if they were to go through Romans when they start hitting Romans eight, Romans nine, yeah. Romans three. What would they do? Do they skip entire chapters? They will. That's well, they'll, sure. they'll never hit them. They'll never mm-hmm. hit them, yeah. Because they yeah, they, but, they but, won't go through books of the Bible, which does not force them to wrestle with those texts. Yeah. yeah. Again, all is that, is that sin? All Scripture I would is say breathed so. out. Yes, because Omission. we're Look, called uh, to preach the whole counsel of God. And if we're not preaching the whole counsel of God, then we're we're I think we're going against what God has said. Well, and I think... Well, in, oh, go ahead. We get, in John, we see that the Word is God. So this is... This is God, like this is God's word, and we're neglecting it. So therefore, we're neglecting God if we don't yeah. read this properly and in its correct context. So if we take it out of context and abuse it, then we are abusing God in a sense. Yeah, that's unbelievably dangerous to take yes. the word out of context. Absolutely. What were you going to say, Mason? Yeah. I'm glad you said that, Joe, because this is God's revelation to man. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is how we find out what God has said. Mm-hmm. And what do most isogetical people want? They want revelation from God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you have a good exegesis of Scripture, taking out what God has said, you'll get that revelation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's revealed. It's revealed. It's revealed. We don't right need here. any fancy right new yeah. revelations. Yeah, it's all here. I mean, it says long ago, you know, God spoke through the prophets and our fathers in many different ways, but in these last days, He spoke to us through His Son. Yep. And the eternal Word of God. Yeah. And I, I like what you said uh, just a minute ago, Ryan, that uh, it's profitable for teaching. It's profitable for reproof, profitable for correction, profitable for training. You know, we get the training a lot of times in churches. We will get that, right? We'll, we'll check yeah. that box. But are, we, are, but are we doing correction? Are we doing reproof? Are we rebuking we're, each other we, with we the might, We might be treaching, uh, treaching, teaching and training. <laughs> the two ends there, we got teaching and training on the ends of that verse. It's but are, are we doing <laughs> reproof? We got a new treaching class starting <laughs> yeah, next time. Good old treaching. Teaching in the Treacherisms. <laughs> Look, I'm going to treat you all right. <laughs> 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 but are we doing reproof and are we doing correction in that? And that's where you're saying people are going to walk away from church, from a, from a church that's doing exegetical preaching with their toes stepped on occasionally. Yeah. And you know what? And you should thank your pastor yep. for that. Yeah, you yeah. bet. Because if, if you're not willing, we've talked about accountability several times on, on this podcast. And if you're not willing to give and receive accountability, Stephen, what have you said? That's tough. You said that usually it steps on your toes first before you let That's it out. Yeah, because he's the one studying it. He's yeah. more than ready. once. I can, yeah. I can assure you every yeah. sermon that, that I've ever preached, and I'm sure that that goes for you too, uh, is preached to me first. Yeah, because you're you the know. one studying it first. Yeah. Yeah, but we, even in – like we see in churches, like I've been in – there was a church, specifically the one that I was at before I came here. Um, man, we had a great pastor, and because he – tried to do institute some hard things that were biblical uh, and tried to be faithful to the text and faithful to the word, he was essentially pushed out. It wasn't, and it wasn't pleasing to the people who heard no, it. No, because he yeah. he gave them hard truth, and they looked at him and said, uh, no. Yeah. And then they pushed him out. Uh, and then when a group of – when we were trying to find the next pastor – uh, there were some people on the committee that were looking for the next pastor who was like, this is a great pastor here. Like, this is a great candidate. And because he preached one time 
And because certain things about his theology got out into the congregation, there was a person who walked up to him. And in the, I'm talking, Stephen's going to preach a sermon, and then a little old lady walks up to you, shakes your hand, and says, are you a born-again believer? Ask you that before you go up to preach. And this is what happened at our church. Because, because certain things. Because he was a strong, because oh, yeah. he, he stood on the Word of God, and he was, he, and that, ser- that sermon he gave that morning was so good, even though he was distressed. Like you, I could tell he was distressed because of that, but it was such a good sermon. Yeah. Well, one thing I wanted to mention too is is uh, we've talked a lot about preachers and, and exegetical preaching, but but look into this in anything that you're doing. As far if you're doing a study, you're doing a book study. You're you're you've purchased a book at a bookstore uh, that's about a subject, whatever it is. If it's a if if it's biblical study of any kind, make sure to to kind of take a step back and look at how it's treating the scripture. Yeah. Is it forcing scripture into a mold or is it explaining scripture? Is it handling it with care? Yeah, handling it with care. Very important. Yeah. That's a great uh, explaining. That's a great thing that we should take away from from what we're talking about too is expositional exegetical preaching will expound on the scripture, explain the scripture. Yeah what God says, you know, there's been several passages of scripture that I've gotten up to preach. And I was like, man, I wish I could say this instead of this. Cause I know that if I say this, there's going to be some people not too happy. And if I could just say this, it would make everybody calm, cool, collected. I won't get any emails or text messages (laughs) needing to talk to me on Wednesday night or anything like that. But you can't do that when you're teaching the whole council of God, you've got to, you got to hit it head on. Uh, you you guys know I like to play a game or or think through some things and 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 do different things at times. I just have a a thought. Game time. You guys know that here we preach through books of the Bible, and if we don't preach through books of the Bible, we we teach through things like the story of Joseph, right? But we do it expositionally. We yep. do it uh, with what God has said, and we don't put our own thoughts or emotions into the text. So I'm sure every one of us sitting at this table. You all sit here under the preaching here, no matter who preaches, we all preach the same way. But all of us sitting here have sat under the topical, eisegetical preaching. Somebody help me out and help the people listening. Help us understand how it has impacted you differently, how it is different from what you're used to or have been used to, and now you're... So I'll give an example. This is the, the church I was talking about earlier when the pastor who was there previously left and then we had our interim come in it's stark contrast like it was the the sermons that he was delivering the the faithful pastor the one who was preaching ex or exegetically fruitful learned i was constantly learning i was constantly being challenged being all these things the second timothy chapter 316 all of that was happening all at once i was learning i was being taught it was it was an amazing time of spiritual growth in my life when he left and the guy who was the interim came in it went to, oh man, I just, I feel like I'm dying slowly. Like I felt like I was a, a plant no longer being watered when I, when I was coming into church on Sundays and like all of the learning that happened had to be done in Sunday school where he was not teaching me or he was not yeah. doing anything. Like I just felt like I was dying. Like I was being starved. Um, you were. Cause yeah, yeah cause you that's, that's what it was. You were. I was not being spiritually fed um, because this is the sermon. This was the sermon structure story for 15 minutes talking on a topic specifically referencing a scripture, telling a joke, another story that was literally it. He spent probably less than a 10th of the sermon actually in scripture. The rest of it was stories and analogies and all this other stuff that wasn't helpful. And it did not, it didn't help his points, but he thought it did. And this guy had been, this guy was someone who had preached his entire life essentially from teenage to now and was retired and then was filling in pulpits as a interim for times for churches so this man had gone through his entire life preaching from a pulpit and then retired. Mm-hmm. And this is what he'd been doing. So I'm like, what were your churches like where you were preaching? Like, were they just, was everyone just dead? Like spiritually speaking? Cause had be. it had to be, if not dead, very unhealthy. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. I was Hungry. conned. You were conned. I was conned. Con. Sorry. I mean, honestly, from the preaching that I got, it was all emotion and it made mm-hmm. me feel sad. made me feel bad. 
which made me thought that I had repented because I felt so bad about it. Yeah. Mm. But it wasn't a true but repentance. you didn't change. I didn't change you, at all. You felt bad, but you didn't change. Check mark, yeah. prayer done. Don't have to worry yeah. about that. Time to go do what I was doing before and not feel so bad about it. Yeah. It just didn't work. Yeah. 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 That's a stark difference there. Um, I know for me, just the, the, the absolute growth and, and just actually understanding what the Bible says mm-hmm. and, and not skipping over parts and pieces and not, not skipping things. Uh, frankly, not being so afraid of offending someone. Yeah. It, it, you know, who do you want to offend? Do you want to offend that person as a pastor? Do you want to offend that person in the pulpit that doesn't want to hear what you have to say? Or do you want to offend God? Mm. Yeah. And that's, that's really what, what pastors need to yeah. ask themselves. So it comes down to and, and, and again, that comes from scripture, right? Um, I just wanted to, to continue in Second Timothy verse in chapter four, just after what we've just read is profitable for teaching, reproof, and all that. I charge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by His appearing and His kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. What's that mean? In season and out of season. When it's convenient and when it's not convenient. Yep. When yep. it's going to be nice for people to hear and when it's going to not be so nice for them to hear. Those two statements cover all right. all the time. Right. Be ready all the time. Yeah. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort. All those, any of those things sound like fun things to do? <laughs> they encourage, maybe. Encourage, maybe, but reprove, rebuke, and, and exhort? Not generally things that you would sign up to go do yeah. for fun. Yeah. This True. is yeah. th- These are difficult things, and it says to do that with complete patience and teaching. Yeah, if you were, if you were to put a list out and say, hey, who wants to go get rebuked today? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one's going to sign up for that. Yeah. And, and then... I mean, it just continues. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. Mm-hmm. Yep. But have itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves. Or, But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. Yeah. What does this yeah. sound like? Uh, and will turn away from listening to the truth and mm-hmm. wander off into myths. We've got, we've got consumers now. Yeah. Uh, we've got churches that are fostering this behavior and creating this... It's mentality not, of it's not new consumerism it yeah, yeah, yeah. It continues. yeah it's it not continues. new it's yeah, happening it's, here this is not this new. Is second timothy it's but like it's if like, you if you yeah. read the text and you clearly you know through exegesis discover what the text truly says and what it means you will be able to recognize this yeah. and i i have been a consumer before at a church and but at some point you begin to realize when you're being you're starving <laughs> when you're starving and when you're hungry yeah. and it's very unhealthy yeah. and a lot of this consumer based church whatever it replaces the scripture with the theatrics the stage props the you know uh, the emotional Music. An emotional experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a very the experiential of instead of yeah. but one thing one way it's changed me is it's it's stripped down and I've begun to understand that we don't need the flashy lights and the fog know, machines the theatrics and fog machines and stuff like that. We, you you don't need that. Yeah. You just don't. No. Well, a lot of those things contribute to the emotionalism thing. You bet. Yeah, it's yeah, manipulation bet. from top to bottom. Yeah. And that is typically a sign of someone who doesn't stand on all of God's word, like the yeah, yeah. and that the, the pastor the who skipped teachers who suit their own passions. Yep, yeah, yeah. and they, and the congregations getting their ears tickled. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's why the church is fostering this type of preaching is because their ears are tickled. That makes they, them want to they come are back. Not, they are not yeah. challenged. Yeah. Yeah. they get people in the seats. Yep. Yeah. And they get a lot of... Well, I'm talking about not just the pastors, but the church is fostering this behavior. Sure, yeah. yeah. Because they're not being challenged when they leave. Yeah. No. Right? They're not being held accountable. Um, and, and they're showing up. They're giving money. And you're right. Why change anything from that? Because you got you got it made, man. I, if... if <laughs> a lot of... Well, a lot of churches attribute success... To numbers of people in the seats, right, yep. and dollars, yeah. And if that church is growing and successful, 
air quote successful. If it's being a business, pretty it much. must be. It must be yeah. following what God says. Yeah, wrong. Yeah. That is wrong. so wrong. It and is. Yeah. you need to strip it down, turn the fog machines off, turn the flashy lights off, and preach yeah. the word of if, God. If your people mm-hmm. are not unapologetically, growing. yeah, but exegetically, yeah, preach it correctly. Yeah. There you go. But don't skip it. That's right. Yeah. Yep. That's you need what, to face it and deal with it. Because yeah. why do they have? Because you will be held accountable for that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If not here on earth, you will be held accountable. You know, um, one of the things too that teachers and preachers need to understand is you said I kind of the the congregation will be held accountable. Uh, even the teachers and the pastors. One of the one of the greatest things here is James chapter three verse one. Yeah. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Now, if yeah. we're not preaching the whole counsel of God, preaching what God has said and 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 not doing due diligence of the word, then we will be held accountable yeah. with yeah. great strictness. Yeah. Yeah. And I fear for those pastors and even those people that are continuing to listen to fluffy teaching. And What's your favorite term? Care bear theology. Care bear theology. <laughs> care not bear. digging down into the scriptures and pulling out things. Now, there's something to be said uh, from the pulpit. You can go as deep as you want, or you really just got to put your pulse on the uh, or your finger on the pulse of the congregation to be able to determine how far off that edge you need to go deep down in. Mm-hmm. But that's the beautiful thing about. Um, Wednesday night Bible studies and and one-on-one discipleship is you can take the ones that want to know more and go deeper and deeper and deeper and just pull out. Because as long as we live on this earth, we're never going to uncover everything there is about the Bible. It will be something to uncover from now until we leave this earth. We'll never uncover all the riches and never comb the depths of Scripture. As a matter of fact, it tells us that in the Word is we'll never be able to do that. It's so rich and deep and there's so much to it. That's why we need to spend the time teaching it and bringing people underneath the Word of God and the authority of the Word of God and not giving people three jokes, three points, and, and going home or going to eat at the buffet or whatever. Yeah. I was listening to uh, one of those old uh, uh, IFB, King James only, biscuit and gravy sopping, pre-millennial dispensational, <laughs> slobber knocking, preaching pastors and all that. <laughs> that's what he said. And I'm paraphrasing what he said, but that's what he wanted to call himself. But uh, he, uh, he 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 said he talked to his wife before he went on the, on the into the pulpit, and she asked him, well, do you have any new jokes? And that's what his wife asked him before he stepped in to preach because he said he was nervous about it. Do you, well, did you ha- do you have any new jokes? And like, come on, man! It's time to put the jokes aside. There's, I mean, there's uh, times where you, like you can laugh the, in the, the pul- pulpit, right? Yeah, the yeah. pulpit is not a place for jokes, right? But if you're writing jokes into your sermon and you're going up there to try to win people over and break the ice with jokes, then you've already failed. Yeah, you've already lost. Yeah, yeah. Preach Christ and Him crucified and yeah. Him crucified. Nothing else. We don't need jokes. We don't need games. We don't need. Uh, wishy-washy, fluff, Care Bear theology. Well, well hold on. Now, as long as it all starts with the same letter, it's okay, right? Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> the, the three points. Always, always got to be alliteration there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and we'll preach, thus saith the Lord. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. And don't be, I think, don't be scared that people are going to be offended by what Stephen says or what Justin says. This is what God said. This is said. what God yeah. said. Yeah, yeah. I didn't God, say it. Who are you yeah. really yeah. mad at? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't say it. He did. So here it is. I'm sorry if it hurts. If it hurts, maybe consider your life. There have been a lot of people. (laughs) I'm not sorry that it hurts. No. I hate the fact that. We want to be caring. Yeah. We want to be caring and loving. Don't take us to say we don't care. Caring is telling you the truth. But caring is telling you the truth. Yeah. And that's what I want to But we have to face it too ourselves. This is not like we're telling somebody to do things that we're not willing to do. We confront. I mean, this confronts our sin, yeah. you know, everything. Because yeah. so, when it boils down to it, this is a matter of life or death. You bet. Yeah. Absolutely. You bet. Absolutely. And this is what God said. Yeah. Let me tell you what happens, though. It's uh, whenever these hard things come out, this these hard truths of the Bible come out, people are always going to be upset at first because traditionalism is a big thing, especially in the South and yes. the churches. That's not how we were taught. You know, that's not how Granddaddy taught it. That's not how... My about deacon, how mama taught it? Yes, yeah, not Guess how what? mama taught it. Wrong, wrong again. Wrong again. Um, yeah. 
So what happens is when people are met in churches, and I, I can tell you this because I've lived it, I've seen it. There's been so many people leave this church to go elsewhere because a lot of it has to boil down to theology. And they got itching ears. And they got itching ears. And here's the deal. What happens is because people get so used to this eisegetical preaching, this topical preaching, this not deep. It's just kitty motivational stuff. Kitty proof. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's teach with white gloves on so we don't touch or harm anybody. You know, um, what happens is when somebody comes in and preaches the truth, a lot of churches will say, we want somebody to preach the Bible. We want somebody to preach us the truth. Everyone will yeah. say that. Everybody says that. I was told that coming into the context I'm in now, but when the, when the truth started coming out of the word, People start, ah, I don't no, know about that we don't want, now. We don't want that truth. You know, we just want the truth. But not even, what does that we mean? want yeah. the truth that we were read into. Right. Yeah. We, we yep. want what we want will the truth help that us feel to. good. Yeah. And what happens is, not only in this church, but it, it, churches all over the place, when, when the Bible starts coming at us, right, yeah. challenging us, people Correcting. then scatter from that church, yeah. and they look for churches that fit their mold. Yeah, yeah. They, that fits their country club. Hmm. Yeah. That... That have itching ears, they they accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. Yes. So this is nothing new. This is a cyclical thing that continues yeah. to yeah. this day. This is, is people, yeah, yeah, people will leave Bible yeah. teaching, Bible believing, hammer down on the text. What does it say? Non apologetic preaching, and they will find somewhere where they can go where it's not as hard, it's not as challenging, it's easy to sit in. Maybe it's easy to get lost in the crowd. Maybe it's yeah. My type of, okay, this church teaches what I was always taught. I'm going to go here. Or uh, hey, we're just going to go back over and gather over here and make this that, country club our our. I home. love or, finding the thing that I didn't know. Like, that's not how I learned it. That's yeah, not like what a, I, It's like finding a treasure. Yeah, yeah. It's a dangerous game it's, if you don't. It's a dangerous game if you don't. But no, like an example of this, for this church, like the previous, or the previous pastor here, he went and set up at a different church in the same city. And a lot of people who left here went and just followed him. So that's what that's another thing that's happening. Instead of going finding another place, a different yeah. place that's theirs, they'll just follow the same pastor if, can, they, if they're able to. We can and that's, that's get into a whole yeah. a whole different podcast yeah. at some point on on when you should leave a church. Yeah, you that's know right. there are, there are things oh, yeah. you should times you should leave a church and, yeah. the and rock there are times star, you should the rock star pastor yeah. following your so pastor is not that's probably not, not a good reason not one of them. Uh, question: Who you following? Unless. They he preaches the, yeah. biblical yeah. text, and what you yeah. got coming yeah. in doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, John fifteen two. Read it. Shall every, we go there? Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so they may bear more fruit. Yeah, God's still pruning. Yeah, He will build His church. Yep. He's constantly yeah. building His church. That is a promise. Treat Christ's church as. A rock so concert that was really the pastors that they see people leaving tomorrow. just because they're preaching the truth. Here's the thing, too. They said it's going to happen. This is sure. from experience again. Have y'all ever seen crepe myrtles be... Mm-hmm. Now, they say you don't have to do this, but... But if you but do. most people do it. They trim these things back to where they look like little ball-headed crepe myrtles. Yep. <laughs> I mean, they look so weird. Yeah. I remember the first time somebody came and did ours years ago when we were living in Mississippi. I was like, ain't no way them things are going to grow back. They look awful. Yeah. But then, man, them things were big and beautiful and just, mm, they, they were so good looking. But when I was first looking, I was like, hold up. That's too much. You're nah. pruning them too much. Hold up. <laughs> I feel like that God has done that with this church. And, and I'm like, God, how much more are you pruning? You know, and it's easy to get, it's easy to get kind of uh, upset and, and kind of let discouraged. that. Discouraged. That's the word I'm looking for. Kind of get discouraged in that. But at the same time. Pastors can take the pruning process and quickly, if they're not careful, change the way they're preaching to yes. make the congregation, make it more palatable so people will stop leaving. Yeah, I can remember, man, we just talked about this the other day. A Facebook memory popped up from a few years ago, and you could sit and count the people that were there, and I don't even think you had to take off your shoes almost. There were yeah, so little was... people because a lot of people left, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But then... We stayed faithful to the text. Whoever got in that pulpit was faithful to the word. They never mm-hmm. changed. We never changed the message. We never watered it down. Matter of fact, we just stayed right there hammering the word, not just so we could hammer on people's toes, but because God says, preach the word. Yeah. So we preached the word, and then all of a sudden, people started coming in the doors. Yeah. And it's like, it took whoa. Time. People started coming, and then, uh-oh, 
we don't have enough room. Put out some chairs. And yeah. then that was like a one-off. And then we were thinking, oh, man, that's crazy. Everybody was here at once. <laughs> Nobody was sick. Nobody was on vacation. And then the next Sunday, we got to put out more chairs. Yeah. And then the next Sunday, we got to put those. Then finally, I think we started moving up all the chairs and keeping those same chairs right there so we can put them out every Sunday yeah. because people just kept coming. And then people would leave for whatever reason, and people kept coming in. And it's like, what is happening right now? Yeah. This is God. It's that crepe myrtle, that ball-headed crepe myrtle that we were <laughs> like, man, this ain't going to make it. And then God's like, watch, you watch. You watch. It's his sheep hearing his voice. Yeah. yeah. And, and then the, it, that crepe myrtle that bloomed in this beautiful tree it's kind of like how this church is done. And again, I'm not patting our church on the back. This is a God thing. This yeah, is no, what happens. Yeah, this is all the Lord. Yeah, and it, it, it's easy to change the message. But if you change the message when you're a bald-headed crepe myrtle, what does God think about that? You said it. Are you going to please man or please God? Are you going to yeah, yeah. offend man or are you going to offend, offend God? God? There is, a, there is a, a faithfulness that comes along with teaching and preaching the Word. Yeah. And it can't be played with. It can't be uh, overlooked. It's got to... It's got to be what it is. Faithful preaching, thus saith the Lord. Yeah. Regardless yep. of what that looks like. No matter what that looks like in the congregation, no matter what that looks like from the preacher's view, like, man, we're losing more people than we're, we're gaining in. But the thing is, the people that left, the people that stayed in these seats, man, the spiritual growth the in their The spiritual life, growth yes. was unreal. And not, I was one of those, one of those people. I mean, yeah. I just, okay, wait. He's not preaching what I've learned my whole life. Oh, look at that. It's right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always kind of thought that, too. Turns out, you know, this stuff yeah. is, is in here that he's yeah. saying. And I yeah. can't and, and tried to find things yeah. that were inaccurate or whatever, you know, for and it's like and I'm for those of you. We're good here. Yeah. For those and of you who was. Yeah. For those of you who remember the Chandler episode, that's the exact yeah. same story Chandler had. He. He tried to come at those of us who had a specific stance. He tried to come at us with um, his viewpoint and his understanding of scripture. But and as he, but he, he slowly talked himself into believing. Yeah, he, <laughs> it was like, funny. We, it wasn't it was us. Fun to we watch. didn't talk him into anything. Right. That man studied. He did the work. Yeah. He dug his heels in, That's and the, he learned. Yeah. He and put it, in the effort, and the Lord revealed to him the truth. Orion's the same way. Yeah, I remember absolutely. he was like, "Man, I, coming over here." I feel like I'm drinking from a water hose. It's just so much. I'm. I, I, I got to well, slow down and study this out because you yeah. learned a lot of things you were taught. Sure, that, growing yeah. up, they were different. So going through that process of, like you said, man, that's the way I've been taught my whole life, and I hear it all the time. Well, nobody's ever taught me that. There's no way that's true. I say, well, just just go to the word. Yeah. Be challenged and just go to the word. I'm not trying to beat you over the head with anything. There's a chance. Is there a chance that you've been taught incorrectly your entire life? Yeah. Maybe you missed. I a don't piece care of the story. if you're 70 years old. Is there a chance that the people that, especially if you've been in the congregation most of your life, the same congregation, yeah. same pastor, yeah, is there a is there a chance that he could have taught you wrong the entire time? Yes, there he is. And how do you know if you've been taught wrong? Yeah. That's why it's, again, so you, important you, for you to be in the Scripture. Go and do the work. Not, don't take the work. his do, word yeah. for it. Say it, Ryan. Say it. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Yeah. Study your Bible. Study your Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Be a Berean. Be, be a Berean. There's a reason why. Can we make that shirt? Yes. Be a Berean. There's already yeah. one. There's, out, there's, is there? Well, let's make oh. our own. Let's make our own. All our good ideas. There's a reason why the Corinthians, the Philippians, the Ephesians, they all get letters. Yeah. Because they were good, and then they messed it up big time. The Bereans don't have a letter. They have one passage in one book that talks about them. It's because they were faithful, and they did the work. Yeah, and they were applauded for it, because that's exactly what should happen. If you, yeah. do, if you are faithful, you do the work, you do the hard work of studying Scripture and making sure everything is in line with this, that should be applauded because yeah. that's something that's worth striving and for. And yeah. it's hard. It is. It's very not, e not easy. It is not easy. But yeah. we're not called to this life of just coasting through. No. Going to the rock concert on Sunday morning and going to the house and going to sleep and not ever picking your Bible back up. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. We're not called to that. Yeah. We're called to be, to prove ourselves a worker unashamed. Yeah. yeah. To be and when you pick up God your Bible and read rightly. every verse mm -hmm. don't skip them yeah 
you're going to have to deal with it. Yeah. Yep. You think I like dealing with olive? Oh, man. Falling short of the glory of God? Dude. Mm. That's a tough one. It's hard. It's hard. It is. We're not, not sitting fun. here saying, you know, to the listeners, we're not sitting, again, we, I feel like we, we, we go through this every, every time we record an episode. We are not sitting here saying that this has been easy for us. Oh. Or we're not, the we're not challenging you to do anything that we haven't done ourselves and that we're not going to continue to do mm-hmm. yeah. daily. Regardless of how painful it is, because it is painful. Reading, you, reading and studying the Bible is the hardest thing you can do yeah. because scripture, it's descri- awesome. scripture describes itself as a two-edged sword that yeah. pierces both bone marrow and yeah. spirit. That's deep. It cuts deep for a reason. It's going to get into you and it's going to change you. But we're being sanctified. Yeah, Absolutely. Man. Through that. It's, Run a the beautiful, race. it's a beautiful thing. A lot of people look at that as, oh man, when this confronts, confronts my sin... That's just, uh, yeah, it is ugly. But your sin is very ugly. Yeah. Yes. Uh, in light of a holy God mm. who we are called to worship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In spirit yeah. and in truth. Yes. And right. how are we going to know to do that? Yes. Yeah. Read yeah. his word. Not Run. what you, you think context, is truth, but what's yeah. truth. Yeah. yeah. What's yeah. truth. Run the race has been said before. Well, yeah, so I'd say just to kind of help wrap this up and, and, and to challenge the listeners, the viewers, um, when you're in church, Try to decide what kind of uh, of preaching am I sitting under? Is this yeah. exegetical? Are they are they doing? Uh, are they being faithful? Are they being faithful to the text, or are they trying to make a point, which may be a good point? Let's face it, there's yeah. a lot of good points out there. But what happens? What's the danger in that? Is just that you can drift into out of orthodox mm. views, yeah, and then deep into heresy. Yes, mm-hmm. very very easily it, it can be that slippery slope to get you there. So, but but listen. Pay attention, and not not just uh, the preaching on Sunday morning, but but your teachers in your classrooms because yep. you're going to Sunday school on Wednesday yeah. night and all these other things, right? You you are doing that, right? You are, yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, uh, but but you. test those people. Test you know test test what your instructors are teaching you. Yeah. What are yeah. they telling you? Um, if you're if you're doing a study, a home study, you're doing you're going through a book. Check all of that and make sure that it's uh, handling the Word of God correctly. We're yeah. always learning. Yep. Yeah. If you've been yeah. in the Book of Matthew for eight years, going verse by verse, you're probably in a pretty good church. Yeah. <laughs> Much like Jeff Durbin. I was about to say. <laughs> how well, he spent a year in Matthew 24 alone. Yeah. How long? Like, how long <laughs> have we been going through Luke? Eight years in the Book of Matthew. That's yeah. crazy. But what's funny? That's, what did he say? The Puritans would still be ashamed. <laughs> yeah. That says something about them old Puritans. <laughs> yeah, some yeah. of those, some of those, uh, they went through word and word by word. word. Yeah, they and picked apart it in the original language. And hey, and everything. It's, it, sometimes yeah. that's what you've got to do to do yeah, it. Yeah. And, and and with those really difficult texts, yeah, yeah. yeah. pick them. Yeah, um, it's slow moving, find but it's a couple of good translations. Make sure yeah. that you know that you understand. If you don't understand a word, there's resources out there for that. Yeah. Yeah. There's, you know, there's a ton of stuff to help and. When you start digging into those things and and start, you know, oh wait, this word used here is the same word here. Yeah. Oh, but this is different. They use a different word here. Why do you use a different word here? Like it's translated the same word. That's question. When you start when you start digging into that level, um, man, just again, the depth of what is in here is so rich. Yeah. Yes. So there's a reason we constantly say depths. Mm-hmm. Depths refers to the ocean. There are parts of the ocean, even in our own world, that we have not ever explored. Most of it. Some you can't get to. Yet. But even even when we eventually eventually come up with the technology to get to the bottom of the deepest parts of the ocean, if that's ever possible, guess what? God's word is still deeper than that. Yep. Like, there is no end to this. This is the bottomless sea of God's word. There is no end to it. beautiful, perfect truth. Absolutely. All right. Someone hit him with that tagline there. Repent and believe the gospel. Repent and believe. believe. Read the Bible. There are no atheists. (laughs) R-Y-B. We'll get back to that one.